Are you craving some protein after a good workout? This time, do not make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Grab instead a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Or Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender. It's made from real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It goes wherever you go. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way, you can see exactly what you are buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? They used to have these drug games, and, and the referee made a bad call, and he punched him, and his nose bone went through his brain and killed him. So a lot of them street games was hard. And, and it was a lot of the drug dudes putting a lot of money up for the games. And if you lose, they was mad. They was pissed off. Like, how much pressure? Because you played all over the city. I, I never played them games. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Them drug games, no, no. Hey now, what's going on? Welcome to episode 163 of the Jim Rohn Podcast. And for the first time in a long time, we are not talking football. Listen up, hoops heads. You're going to love this one. This week, my guest is the one and only Kenny Anderson. Kenny Anderson is street ball royalty, a former 14-year NBA vet and the current head basketball coach at Fisk University, where he is in charge of building up a program at an HBCU in Nashville. And my man is pumped on the opportunity, and I am pumped to chop it up with Kenny. He's got stories for days on balling out in Queens, why he picked Georgia Tech for college, his 14 years in the association, and his time with Dennis Rodman. We're going to get into all of this. In fact, we're going to do it right now. Episode 163 with Kenny Anderson is coming right at you. Kenny, my guy. Now you and I go way back. Back to when <laughs> back to when you and I were both coming up professionally. It's been a minute yeah. since you and I have chopped it up. Actually, Kenny, it's been like five minutes. Hell, dude, it's been an entire hour. My dude, how you living? Yeah. How are you? How's your family? How's life, Kenny? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Um, I'm coaching now at NAI NAI school down in um, Nashville, Fish University, HBCU. My wife is working for Vanderbilt uh, Hospital. My daughter is a sophomore here at Fish, so everybody is doing well. I can't complain, man. That's good to hear. Dude, that is so good to hear. So let me ask you, you mentioned... right now this whole month with this uh, coronavirus thing, but, you know, we're hanging in there. It's tough. It is so challenging right now for everybody. Let me ask you about Fisk. Now, tell me about Fisk. What did you like about that opportunity, and how did you end up there? Um, You know, um, I... It was just a great uh, uh, stop for me. Uh, Beginning, first of all, basketball has always been my love, and... um, uh, Kevin Rome, the president at the time, was, um, you know, he recruited me to come there and, and the coach. And um, I just thought it was great. It's an NAI, NAIA school, small school, about 1,000 students, uh, HBCU. Uh, it just was great. And the basketball program needed to be built up. And I've only been here for two years, and um, I'm trying to build that up. And the whole sports program needs to be built up. And we're doing a great job, you know, trying to do that. Uh, the school academically is one of the best in the country, but the sports program needs a lot of lot, lot of work, a lot of building, and um, I'm planning on doing that. It's just it's just a great school down in Nashville, and I love it. So people love Nashville, so I know you gotta like the area. Yeah. So when you're trying to build something like that, Kenny, like what kind yeah. of kids are you looking to recruit, and what kind of a culture are you looking to develop there? 
my my culture. I'm trying to really build a really good culture, and I don't know, you know, a really uh, now the kids that come here have got to be very good academically. Um, so I'm trying to build it from the ground up, and um, good kids, man. And it's not like a D1 school where you got the ballers. I might, I'm hoping maybe who knows I can get one or two uh, uh, pro players. You never know, and I and I can lead them to the pros or whatever, but. I told all the guys that I, that plays for me here that I definitely could do something overseas, get them a good job overseas. Um, but academically is where they're gonna, you know, get their whole life surrounding, you know, doing well, you know, and right. that's the main thing, you know, academically. All right, so you it's, know, and get a good job, and uh, you know, from there. So you've got this amazing academic institution, and Kenny, you yeah. talked about the pandemic, right? It's taken such a toll on everybody. Fisk yeah. has canceled winter sports, so obviously you yeah. had to have some tough conversations with your players. What was that like, and how are you attacking the downtime? Oh, yeah, that's really big. Uh, the downtime was tough, but um, right now, we're academically. You know, I'm on the phone with them once a week. I got the uh, academic advisors helping me out, you know, on the guys' uh, scheduling and things of that nature. Um, so just basically, I'm, I'm I'm doing things that I never thought I would do, you know, far as basketball, and um, it's just a great uh, a great feel for me to be in. You know, I went to Georgia Tech and I just played ball. So now I'm seeing a lot of uh, the academic side of it, the ad- administration part of it that I didn't know exist you know but for the last two years here at Fisk, i'm learning a lot uh, you know i'm learning a, a so much uh, no doubt kenny about, like your, your, your basketball yeah. journey i mean your basketball journey yeah. kenny is absolutely amazing for instance yeah. if we were to go back what was it like growing up and playing on the streets in queens oh that's that's where it all started for me you know playing in left rack city Queens. um just great basketball you know not only great basketball, but guys that I looked up to, that I watched play ball. I, I you know, I saw Kenny Patterson from the pole, Rod Strickland from the pole, um, Kenny Smith. You know, he went to North Carolina and went to Archbishop Lord Mark Jackson from uh, Bishop Lachlan, and he played in the pros with the Knicks. Uh, Pearl Washington played with the New Jersey Nets, went to Syracuse. So these are all the guys before me. All the point guards and that 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 I that came before me that was awesome that was awesome, so I you know I, and I, I get a little bit of my game from all of those guys and not only my game but just just life in general you know just um, seeing who, who who did well in life and who didn't and why they didn't and that's what helped me grow as a as a as a, as a human being and I was able to get out of New York because of that reason I really believe that. So, Kenny, these guys you mentioned, these are all legendary, legendary yeah. ballers. Kenny yeah. Smith, Mark Jackson, Strick, the list goes on and on. So how would you describe a baller from Queens back in the day, especially guys who ran the point? If you took those guys together, like, what did they have in common? What was the mentality like in their games like? Oh, the, 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 the one thing a New York player has in common is the ball handling skills. Yep, <laughs> they yep. said we couldn't shoot, but we could, we could handle, you know, anywhere in the phone booth. You could not take our ball handling skills. You could everybody could handle the rock. Everybody from New York could handle the basketball, but you couldn't shoot. You know, you couldn't shoot, and um, that's where I, I that's what I saw uh, with Kenny Smith. Kenny Smith was the first jump shooting 
uh, point guard that I seen, and I was working with his brother Vincent Smith, so it was like a, a clone, you know, far as shooting habits and drills and things of that nature that I seen him work with. I worked on, you know, he he was a great shooter. Now, Kenny, when you talk about guys who can handle the ball, I talked to another playground legend recently on this very podcast, God Sham God. And yeah. he talked about how crazy it was to be a legend and a celebrity where actual celebrities would come to see him ball. I want to ask what it was like for you because people were on you literally from like the sixth grade on. You had been separated as this guy's different. This guy's special. What was it like yeah. to be like a teenage king in New York as a teenager? <laughs> and what were the perks and bennies like with that? It's, it's kind of crazy for me. I, I never really knew that. But I was at 14 years old playing in high school at Archbishop Lloyd High School from ninth grade to 12th. You know, I was just a, always had a big name. <laughs> you know, and then I went to Georgia Tech and Atlanta, and then I went to the pros. So it was just basketball was easy. Life was hard for me. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was just easy, man. I, I just love my um, basketball career. But now, you know, now I'm just dealing with uh, – life my my life in general and coaching those young kids to trying to, to better themselves as human beings. That's what I'm trying to get. Yeah, it's so interesting, Kenny, right? Like basketball was always easy, but life was yeah. hard. Man, it was not. I mean, uh, we could tell these great stories about how you were running on the streets locally and then you went to yeah. Archbishop Malloy, then you went to Georgia Tech, but man, it was it was not easy, right? I mean, you had to endure some really yeah. terrible things that you had to work through uh, and probably are still processing even today, right? Yes, yes. I, I think I'm getting over it. You, you saw my documentary, Mr. Chibs. I advise everybody to go watch it. Mr. Chibs, my nickname, my mother gave me the Kenny Anderson story when documentary is out. And that tells you mostly everything about me, <laughs> you know, about my life. And uh, and, and I, like I said, uh, uh, basketball is easy. Life is hard. And uh, I'm, get, I, I'm getting it together. You know what I'm saying? I got a beautiful wife beautiful uh, son, daughter, and I'm raising them to, 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 my, to the fullest, and they're doing pretty well. But, um, you know, just living the way I lived was awesome. I wouldn't take it, but I had a lot of demons that I was dealing with that, um, that I had when I was younger, and I had to overcome it. So you get to a place, Kenny, where your perspective changes, and, you know, we all evolve, we all mature, and then you know what's yeah. important – but then you suffered a massive stroke in February yeah. of 2019. Well, I mean, Kenny, that's a terrifying yeah. thing. What do you remember yeah. about that day, or maybe do you not remember anything at all about that day? My my dog, my dog Caleb. You know, I I, I, I didn't like dogs before because when I was younger, uh, about 10, 11 years old, when my they bit my leg. A, a stray dog went after me and bit my leg, and I hit him. I went crazy, and he got away. But um, Caleb. Save, save my life. You know, he, he knocked on the door. I was going through a stroke. I fell. I couldn't see. I fell, and then he banged on my daughter's door. My daughter rushed in and got the ambulance, you know, and boom, here I am today. But I had a stroke, and um, I, I didn't lose anything. I, I lost my memory, my memory, and um, I went. I'm, I'm going. I went. I finished. I went to my uh, therapy Tuesdays and Thursdays at Vanderbilt Hospital. They did a wonderful job over there. And, um, you know, I, I'm finished. And I just thank God for overcoming everything that I did as far as my stroke. And you wouldn't even know. If you saw me, you wouldn't even know, you know, that I had a stroke. So I'm just blessed, man. I'm just blessed. 
I mean, I, I wouldn't know, and I certainly can't tell by talking to you, Kenny, but the fact of the matter yeah. is, I mean, it, it was touch and go, right? Like, at any point, you weren't even 50. You weren't even 50 yet. At any point when this happened or shortly thereafter, did you think, man, this might be it. I've had a hell of a run, but I might be down to my last breath. Yeah, I didn't even think of it like that. I, I didn't know. <laughs> right. So, but, but when I came through and came out of it, I thought about that. Like wow, and I'm 50 now, and I and I didn't, I wasn't 50, I was 49, and um, I just said wow, you know. So it gives me a chance to, to 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 see, you know, how I live my life, and now I can give it back to others. Uh, I have a sh- I have a basketball showcase in Cleveland, May 27th, for those uh, for for young kids that that's not getting uh, recruited from Division One schools. They can come get recruited by Division Two, II, Division Three schools. Uh, the Kenny Anderson Showcase in in, in um, Cleveland, Ohio, and and that's what I that's what I went you know that's what I've been going going forward for just to to uh, give back give back in a positive manner. So you got through that period and you fought your way through it as you fought your way through a number of things. So what yeah. about what about high school ball at Archbishop Malloy High School, famous school? You played for a legendary coach in Jack Curran. I mean, that's where it all pretty much started. What do you remember about hooping during those years and your time in high school? What was that like? Well, well you see, that time was very, very stressful for me because I just I played basketball with the school. So I, you know, I tell you, a day, my, my day was I get up seven thirty morning, go to school till like nine at night, and come back to the hood, Lefrak City. So I concentrated on basketball and schoolwork because I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to do it for my mother. You know, what I mean, buy her a great big house, and you know, I didn't want her no more problems with the rent and with 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 the bills or anything like that. So I really concentrated on my job, and that was going to Archbishop Lloyd High School and not playing the game. I love basketball, but also doing well in school, and I did that for four years straight, and I was able to, you know, go to a a D1 school, uh, Georgia Tech, play extremely well there, and and wind up playing the NBA for 14 years, man. I've just been blessed. I I, I can't – I just – you know, it's, I'm just blessed, and I and I say that you know to my wife and everything because there's some times where you know I, I I just wasn't going down the right path, and I didn't you know I didn't like who I was, and I had to change that. Now I changed it, and I'm doing things positive for the young young men that in my life now that I'm coaching at Fish University, um, and that's what I'm trying to do is build this program and. And make a success out of it. Not just so much wins and wins and losses on a basketball court, but just you know, in, in life, if I can get those guys to graduate and, and go on and, and have good careers with their with their families, I, I, that'd be awesome for me. It seems to me, Kenny, you have what we all need and what we all want, and that's uh-huh. a why. You have your why. You have your calling. You yeah. have your purpose. You have your yeah. mission. And a lot of big-time athletes like you sometimes don't find that once their career is over, but you do. So that's great. Let yeah. me ask you about tech, man. What amazing, amazing years those were. College recruiters oh. were sniffing around you in high, junior high school. So you pretty much had yeah. your choice of any college you wanted, Kenny. All the blue chips were calling. How did you end up at Georgia Tech? Why was that your choice? Um, you know, I, I, I chose Georgia Tech. I, I, I wanted to go to Syracuse because of Pearl Washington. And I went on my visit to Syracuse. I had a great time. My mother came with me to Atlanta, 
And my mother recruited that he recruited, you know, uh me to go to Atlanta. She wanted to go to she wanted me to go to Georgia Tech because she, she really loved Coach Crimmins. He really uh was a great coach. He's a great he's a great man, but he's a great coach. And she wanted me to go there and, and that's what it was. It was Georgia Tech. You know? It was it was out of Georgia Tech or Syracuse. I get and I chose Georgia Tech. I get that, dude. Moms moms wanted that and Bobby Cremens was definitely a very persuasive dude. And then you get there, it's you, D. Scott, Brian Oliver making up the Lethal Weapon 3, an unstoppable crew, each of you averaging better than 20 per. You got all sorts of national run. What was it like being a part of Lethal Weapon 3 and running with those two guys in particular? Oh, it was awesome for me because I was a point guard. And, you know, I, I let it. I let everything, you know, with the ball and with my point guard skills. You know, I, I did it in high school and I could do it, you know, and I had, I had, and coming from New York, playing in all the summer leagues and playing basketball, I had a lot of confidence in myself. So when I got there, you know, I knew, you know, Brian Oliver and Dennis Scott was going to be great for me to, to not only uh, play with, but to learn from. I learned a lot, of, a lot from those guys. Uh, Brian Oliver was a senior. Dennis Scott was a junior. They, they were just great playing not only playing together, but just, you know, off court. We, that was one of our closest teams ever. You know, uh, I went there freshman with um, Malcolm Mackey, uh, Ivano Newbill, D- Daryl Barnes. We had the top recruiting class in the country when I went there. So it was just an awesome feeling, me and Georgia Tech, man. It was just great down there. It's so great. And then Dennis Scott tells us this great story, Kenny. He says that when you first walked in, he looked at you, and these are his words, not mine. He goes, man, the guy looked like he was a buck ten. And I thought, this little kid is going to help us get to the Final Four? I just don't see it. And then he admits on the first day of practice, the ball busted him in the back of the head. And it was at that point that he was introduced to, quote, the phenom that was Kenny Anderson. Like, what do you remember the first time you walked on campus and you saw those guys and you practiced with those guys? I, you know, college was always going to be bigger, better, you know, for me, you know, but I came from Archbishop Malloy High School. We practiced every day. It was, it was, we got a great instructions from great coach Jack Curry. So I was like, I'm going to be fine. You know, once I get familiar with the, the program and, and that's what it was, I got so comfortable with the program because of coach Crimmins, Kevin Cantwell was a, is a New Yorker. He was assistant coach Sherman Dillett. Those guys were just awesome, and I was a freshman, so I had to uh, learn a little bit and, and, and take my, you know, take my licks. But I, I, I dealt, I, I dealt with it. But then we started winning. We went on the ten and zero. I remember we ten and zero, and then just, it just everything just clicked. Everything would just clicked for me down at Georgia Tech, and not only uh, the uh, the basketball team, but the whole school and everything. It just was great. Just going down to Atlanta and going to Georgia Tech. You know, it was just awesome. Yeah, and then, Kenny, you, you guys win the ACC, and then you go to the Final yeah. Four in 1990, and UNLV got you at that point. I always tell the story, Kenny, but I went to UC Santa Barbara, so I was, I was there at the same time that Brian Shaw was at UC Santa Barbara. And incredibly, okay. we had UNLV in our conference. So I would see Tark and Grandmama <laughs> and Greg Anthony and Anderson Hunt and Stacey Ogman and Mo Scurry. Yeah. <laughs> These dudes would roll into our house, Kenny, and it was like the Lakers were on campus. Yeah. I mean, dude, like yeah. fucking amazing. So what what was it like going up against that crew in '90 in the Final Four? What do you remember about that game? It was it was awesome. You know, I, I, I know we was you know we was favored to lose. You know, but 
I just felt that it was it was our it was our year, and we was able we was able to play with anybody in the country, you know, because we had Lethal Weapon three, myself, Brian Oliver, Dennis Scott, Malcolm Mackey, uh, Johnny McNeil, Carl Brown. We had a good team, so you know, but you know, they had a great team. Um, so you know, but we wasn't scared. We really played them hard, and the first half we was up by seven points. Yes, you were. We thought we 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 thought, but I got in a foul trouble. You know, and that's what hurt us. But we we lost by ten points, eight points. But you know, we we gave them a, we gave them a good fight. No doubt, and that was a great great team. Any credit card can offer cash back, but only Discover matches all the cash back that you earned at the end of your first year. It's like getting one of those birthday cards that's shaped like cash, so you already know there's cash inside before you open it up. But in this case, it's stuffed with your first year cash back match, and you don't even have to send a thank you note. How awesome is that? You get drafted second overall by the Nets. And one of my favorite things about that, you got to play with Derek Coleman. Now, I've always said this about D.C., Kenny. Back me up on this. I think you probably would. This dude was one of the most gifted ballers ever. I mean, ever. How fierce was D.C.? And when this dude was at the peak of his powers, man, what was he like? Oh, he was just a great teammate, number one. Number two, he's a great player. And I and I and I and I and I say it and I say it to everybody. He's he goes out as one of my best players, one of my best players I ever played with in my life. Derek Coleman could do so many things with the basketball. Not only could he was he was he six nine, six he can handle the ball, he can pass with both hands, left, right, can make layups. He was just an awesome player, man. It was it, it was just it was just great playing with him. And um, it just was awesome playing with the Nets with Drazen Petrovic, who um, you know he was on his way to be one of the best in the league, and then he he passed away, and then that's when the the New Jersey Net we just broke off. Everybody just wanted to get traded and things of that. And then I always say we had seven owners. You know the New Jersey Nets at that time. How could you, you know, now that I I'm older and I can, how could you build anything with seven owners? It's just tough. No, exactly. Too many cooks in the kitchen. What about Petrovic? Yeah. You just mentioned Petrovic, man. Dude, this guy, he was amazing. That was just such a, a stunning and terrible, terrible loss for him to lose his life when he did. What was he like to play with? And for those who are not familiar, what was his game like? Oh, Jonathan Petrovic was just an awesome player. He was, uh, now, Portland Trailblazers drafted him, but they had uh, Terry Cummins and uh, – um, Terry Porter, excuse me, Terry Porter and Cloud Drexler. So they it was too crowded, so they had to trade they trade him to the Nets and he just blew up from there. He just blew up. He could shoot the ball, he could come off screens, he could handle the ball. He was just a great two 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 guard in the in the league. Dude, he could shoot the hell out of it. He was something special. Yeah. Kenny, you, in, in recent years, I'm just kind of jumping around because I'm just trying to get your thoughts on a number yeah. of things. You went to North Korea with Dennis Rodman. Man, how were you yeah. treated, and what was that trip like? Well, it was, a, it was a crazy trip. I didn't really, and, it, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll take the blame for it. I really didn't know, you know, that that's the, the ignorance I had in my life. I didn't know. I thought we was going to China. You know what I'm saying, and then we wind up going to North Korea, and so I was just—I was everybody was shocked. And when we get over there, they take our passports. So we was over there for four days. It was a—it was a crazy experience for, for me, you know. Um, but uh, the game and everything—I I'm, I'm just thank God I came back with my life. You know, everything was good. 
Did you, Kenny, I mean, were you fearful for your life when you were there? I, I, I don't know what I was. You know, when you're young, I, not, I was young, but when you're young, I just, just lived it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, just how life was, man. We were just, you know, having a good time, and boom, that hit. And it was just crazy, you know. And when I got back from the trip, we got off the plane. My wife and everybody was running over. I was like, wow, this is crazy, you know. You're like, wow, these people are happy to see me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like that. Wow. I was like, y'all happy to see me. Yep, yep. And you're exactly. like, what's going on, man? I'm fine. What's up? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was like. Yeah, it was crazy. I got it. So, like, Dennis, man, I'll tell you what, Kenny. Dennis, I mean, he, he, it's one thing to go up against him or to work out with him, and it's another to actually party with him. I, like I said, you and I go way, way, way back. The TV show that I used to do that you came on, Dennis came on, and I remember one night I went out with him and his agent, Dwight Manley. Man, my man was a maniac. I just remember lots and lots of shots of Jägermeister back when Jäger was still a thing. You tell me, this cat, and he's probably still a maniac to this day, how in the world did Dennis, and I understand he was a workout machine, how did this guy run as hard as he did on the streets and play as hard as he did at night and just kill the game the way he did? I, I, I really don't know, man. It was, it was unique. Very unique. Uh, he worked extremely hard, and I remember the, we played against him when he played with the Bulls, with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and himself. And he worked. That's all he did. You know, you had no problems with him on the court and working out, but off the court, you just really didn't know. You know, uh, just how he was going to act, or was he going to get up and come to the game? <laughs> Right. You know, you just didn't know. But uh, he was a great athlete, man. He's a great athlete. He's a, and he's a great friend. I, I got to know him in, in Florida when I raised my family out in Florida, he, in Pembroke Pines. He lived in Fort Lauderdale. So that's how we came up with everything about the, the North Korea trip. He said, okay, I'm, we're going to go. Because he did. He, he came and spoke at some of my camps. And he said, okay, Kenny, we're going to go away. And I'm, I'm going to hook you up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you when. And. You know, and that's all. That's all I went with. When when he said, "Yeah, we're going to China," I really didn't look at it. We was going to North Korea, and that and that's that's my ignorance. You know, what I'm saying that was my ignorance on that. But uh, he's a great guy. But you know, I just think he had some some things. You know, um, in his life that he went through that he's still fighting. I think that we all. I mean, certainly yep. we don't all go through what he may have gone through or what you've gone yep. through, but we are all going through something. We know this to be true, yep. Kenny, for sure. You know, you mentioned Mike. I'm curious. We were you watching that doc, The Last Dance, and when you saw that, were you thinking, man, that's pretty cool? Or were you thinking, man, this is some bullshit MJ propaganda, man. Mike's the wizard behind the curtain. He's calling all the shots. He's pulling all the strings. He's completely controlling the narrative. Or did you watch that and go, yeah, man, that's exactly who that guy is. That's Mike. That's Mike, you know, um, you know, through 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 playing against him and knowing, you know, how he was in life. That's just how he rolled, you know. That's just what he did, you know. He controlled the doc, his documentary somewhat, you know, and the the, the the and the Chicago Bulls and some of the players was mad at it, you know. Some wasn't, some were, and you know, it's just tough. But you know, you play, you you you're talking about one of the best, if not the best player that ever played the game. You know, and he, and he won six championships with the Bulls. So, you know, he could say whatever you want to say somewhat. But you just really, you know, you, you don't know. You don't know, you know, what, what's, what's true and not true. 
No, there's no way we would know. The rest of us, especially people like us, we don't know. We weren't there. You know, Kenny, I, I never get caught up in that that whole who's the GOAT, hot take kind of thing. But I'm kind of curious because you pay close attention to the game still. You played the game at the highest level for the longest time. And you went up against Mike. And these are all different cats, different guys, different games. But like, where do you come out? If you're looking at Mike you know, and you're looking uh, at Kobe and you're looking at LeBron, like who's the guy? LeBron, all of those guys. And um, I would say my goal is Michael Jordan. He's the GOAT. He's the GOAT, you know. Um, you know, and, and then and the, the, thing I would, the thing I'm getting kind of confused with is Kobe and LeBron. I don't know. I don't, I'm just like back and forth. One day I might say Kobe's the best, and then I'll say LeBron. Like, I, I'm not sure. But, he, but uh, LeBron, I have all the records before said and done it. So records are great, but you know Michael would be the the goat to me because he played in an era where the, the game the game has changed a great deal. You know NBA game you can't touch nobody. It was more physical when we played it, so it's more easier now. I believe. That, that, by the way, that's true. I mean, that's just a fact. That's not even an opinion. It is easier in that sense because, I mean, the stuff they get away with right now, the game is called differently. It's played differently. That, that's a different era altogether. What about this, Kenny? Like Strick. Rod Strick once said recently that Kyrie Irving is the most skilled player of all time. And listen, Strick is a legend. You know, a different cat, but a legend. And Kyrie is definitely skilled, Kenny. But is he the most skilled of all time? Like, are you buying that from Strick? You know what? And I heard that, and I said, "Wow!" You know, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say, you know, I couldn't really say no, and I couldn't say yes. He, he, he's this guy, uh, Kyrie Irving, is a, is a master with the ball. He can shoot. First of all, he can shoot the jumper. Then he, then his moves around the basket is just unbelievable. He can shoot with the left and the right hand. He, he's a great player. So I, I don't, you know, who is who's doing. In this era, no one is doing it in this era. But and back then, you, you really wasn't getting that. So you have to say he's probably the one of the best, one of the best players ever. Probably, you know, yeah. You have to you have to agree somewhat hmm. if you look at the way he plays. All right. So if he's that. And you know they can it, they score the ball at will. I mean, it's almost easy. They yeah. can get 130 on anybody at any given night. Yeah. But they can allow 140, Kenny, on any given night. Are these guys going to yeah. play enough defense to win a title this year? We know they can yeah. score the ball, but can they get stops? Yeah, and this is what I was thinking. i be jumping the gun back and forth with it. They're a great offensive juggernaut, you know, with Kyrie Irving, uh, Kevin Durant, and um, James Harden, that's a juggernaut right there. That's tough. But can they stop someone? I believe in the – it's going to be very difficult to beat them four games straight. Very difficult for anybody to do. And, and I, don't, I don't know. Maybe they could get you running up and down and, and getting into the offensive flow in the playoffs. But if you, if, it, if, it, if you have to stop them, it's going to be difficult. If they have to stop you – I'm not sure. They, they, it'll come. It's early in the season right now, and they're gonna they're gonna come to it. But I just don't think there's three people on one team with that much firepower. No one in the league with that much firepower. Not only nobody in the league, but almost never before in the league without much firepower. Kenny, I want to ask you about somebody else from Queens. Meta World Peace is from Queens, of course, yeah. and you know Meta famously tells that story of a guy getting killed in a game when somebody ran a table leg through his heart, like. 
Did that really happen? And if so, yeah. that, that didn't happen in the neighborhood, right? Was that a tournament somewhere? Yeah, that was a tournament in, in the city. But I heard, you know, there was a, a, um, uh, a drug. They used to have these drug games, you know, and some of the guys played, some of the pro, some of the ex pros played. I'm not going to say what the game was. And, and the referee made a bad call, and he they punt, punched him, and his nose bone went through his brain and killed him. You know, and they and they played in a tournament called um, I think it was in Baisley Baisley Projects, and that's like 25 minutes from where I grew up at. So a lot of them street games was hard, and and it was a lot of the drug dudes putting a lot of money up for the games. And if you lose, they was mad. They was pissed off. Kenny, dude, that that sounds really <laughs> scary, man. Like, and that's a real yeah. thing. Like, how much pressure? Because you played all over the city. I, I never played no games. Okay, all right, you <laughs> didn't play in those games. I ain't playing in them games. You know what I'm saying? Them drug games, no, no. I, I wouldn't. No, I'm good. I play for fun, but not for that. Like that. That's incredible. You can't like, do it, like, man. It was dangerous. Right? Well, Meta was there, yeah. and some dude lost his life there. <laughs> That's crazy, man. That 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 is seriously crazy. But at the same time, man, you knew you knew what it was like in the summertime in the city when those were crowded courts and it was hot and it was hard. It was hard to get on. You had to win to stay on. I'm curious, man, when you were a buck sixty, Kenny, and you were playing and running in those games, what was it like to go against the very best in the city at that size at that time? Oh, it was great. It was great, man. You get you get you can't call foul. You 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 know it wasn't no foul, it was hardball. Uh, that's where I got my strength from, you know. Um, you know, uh, you get pushed through the, you know, with the gates and all that. You get, and what you couldn't call it, you couldn't call, you couldn't call foul, or you was going to get into a fight. So you just played ball, man. It was, it was, it was, it was the hardest games in the city, everywhere. It was you know, you and I and I hung in there. And I played, you know. So so it was just tough, man. It's tough on your whole body, but you had to be ready for it. That's where you learned, man. That's where you learned. Yeah, so let yeah, me, yeah. before you go, Kenny, let me ask you this, because like your life's been amazing, right? You've hit every single note in life. You have been at the very top. Like everybody else, the world has punched you in the face. You had to take a knee. You get back up. You fight your way through it. And I'm talking to you right now, and you still have this amazing attitude. You're optimistic. You're energetic. You're enthusiastic. And you found that purpose. So my question is, if somebody's listening, and they feel like they're fighting a losing battle, or they want to give in or they have no purpose and they don't want to fight anymore what would you tell that person wow that's a, that's a big time question um yo i i would say just I, I think me personally what happened to me and i'll be honest my mother passed away uh 20 2005 and um i i, I would i had two choices go downhill or you know because that's who i live for my mother so it was like go downhill or better myself and, and help somebody, help others, help themselves. And I chose to help help somebody help themselves. And um, and that's one of the reasons that I chose a small school, NAIA school, Fisk University coaching, uh, so I can coach those young men. And I, I can coach them in basketball. I can coach them in life. Coach them through everything I've been through in my life. And that's what I wanted to do. And that's what I did. You know, and that's what I'm doing now. But that's that's one thing, man. I just did. I couldn't say the hell with life. Let me just go wild with it. You know, let me get on drugs. Let me drink all night, hang out, and do whatever. That's not that's not gonna help me, man.
that's not going to help me help others. You know, I got a family. I got kids to teach. They got to learn. So it was just on me to, to get myself together. And I got myself together. And um, I tell you, every night and day, I, you know, wake up and I thank God to have breathing, that I'm breathing now. And boom, and I just try to, um, you know, think about what's the next plan. You know, every day I get up, what's the next, I, I, you know, what I got to do? And I got to give back. I got to give back. And that's that. And that's what I want to do in life in general. And not for me. I, I did it already, but for someone else. And I'm hoping I can, you know, reach those young men that I'm coaching in life to, to get theirs together. I love that. So finally, what about those kids? What about the group that you have right now? Again, they're not playing. What about they're these guys? Playing. How much How much do you love these kids, though? I, I love them. You know, I love them. You know what I'm saying? Because I, because, you know, I got to give off. I got to give something back. Not only give something back, but I want them guys to understand, hey, I played basketball. It was great. But, you know, y'all, it's about life. It's about doing the right things. You know, getting up, going to class, uh, coming to practice on time, talking to talking to, to, to your teammates, you know, just having a great, you know, enthusiastic about playing basketball, about being around good people. That's what it's all about. And if you could do that, you could, you know, hang around good people, have good good uh, vibes and for, 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 for afterwards. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And, and and picking the right friends is a big thing in life. That, that's everything. We know you are who you roll with. So, Kenny, one last yep. thing. Like, I, I, we came up together, so I, I know, Mac. Like, I remember yeah. working. I was in the business when you were doing your thing, so I know. What about your yeah. players, man? When they go to YouTube and they pull up the videos of Coach, man, do they just trip? What do they think? Do they have any yeah. idea? They don't, they don't, but their parents, you know, parents, me, they – their parents uh, was great, you know, but they learning. They learn. They go home. They, they they get it. Then they say, "Oh, that's Coach Anderson." And then they start. You know, they got only twenty, twenty two, twenty three. So you know, they learn. I think even my son, he just he just really he's twenty. He really realized. Okay, my father played in the NBA and he played, and this is he was pretty good. <laughs> so it, it's, it's life, man. This is what they this is what they do. This is exactly it. What a perfect way to put that, too. This is life, and this is what they do. And, dude, you you were better than pretty good and better than he played yeah. in the NBA. They'll, they'll know. If they don't know yet, Kenny, they'll know soon enough. <laughs> you are a legend, yeah. man. It is so good, yeah. Kenny, to get caught up with yeah. you. I can't wait to see your team when it gets back on the floor and how they yeah, look. But most you. of all, man, Kenny, hey, you sound Jim great. Rome, I want you to come to Nashville and come to one of our games, man. I would love that, man. Yeah, I, honestly, I would love it. that. I would love that. That would be awesome. I would love that. So I'm going to take you up on that. When things, when you guys are back to playing, I would love to come to Nashville, and I'd be proud as can be to sit there and, and watch you do your thing and your players do their thing. Kenny, so good to have you on. So good to get caught up. And you know, my guy, I appreciate you very much. Yeah, always. Hell yes to that. What an awesome conversation with Kenny Anderson. Best believe I will take him up on that invite to watch his guys run at Fisk. Hell, watch me turn that into a full-on business trip and swing by Vandy when I'm done. Two miles down the road and check in on my guys, Tim Corbin, Jerry Stackhouse, and Clark Lee. While I plan that out, 
Why don't you plan on rating, reviewing, and subscribing before you get out of here? The easiest, the easiest, smartest, and fastest thing that you will do all day long. And it goes without saying, I appreciate it so much. Back next week with episode 164. But until then, here are your parting gifts. Here are your voicemails. First new message. Rummy Rome, what it do? Long time listener, first time caller. Just wanted to send props out to you, brother. Keeping up all our spirits in this pandemic with all the good uh, interviews and the podcast. You know, you keep us uh, motivated, you keep us interested. And we just, I just wanted to shout out, shout you out and say, appreciate you, man. Appreciate the whole team. All right. Peace, war clones. And uh, I'm out like an eight track tape. See ya. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Jim. Joe Namath here. I'm going to take a little break here from selling insurance and dentures. But I was a little bit dumbfounded when I saw Tom Brady staggering around at the celebration with the Super Bowl trophy almost thrown in the water and then having to be held up because he consumed a little bit too much adult beverages. As a star quarterback and leader of the team, I think that's kind of bad representation. I mean, what's next? He going to go suck it up on some boat reporter? Message deleted. Next message. Hi, Jim. That was being Calgary. Of all the courtside Karens, courtside Gladys, courtside Marlboro Monas you've been talking about, this Lorraine Lombardi twat. Can I say twat? Yeah, I could say twat. This Lorraine Lombardi chick, she takes the cake. Message saved. Next message. What's up, Romans, Dr. Dave? You know, remind me, why the fuck do I live in Chicago? My house is expensive. My property tax sucks. I've had two feet of snow in the last two weeks. It's zero degrees with a negative 10 wind chill today. What the fuck am I doing? Oh, people love Chicago because it's great for restaurants. Well, those are all pretty much closed right now. Oh, there's lots of culture. Well, all those places are closed, too. This winter fucking sucks. I need my Peloton. War, crazy Jess King getting my ass in shape. Later. Message saved. Next message. What's up, Dan Smack? This is Jason in Oregon calling to finish my beef, dude. So, dude, I'm lying there on the ground, and my fucking ex-son-in-law and my fucking ex-girlfriend's boyfriend are holding me on the fucking ground and beating me with a fucking stick. And all of this is the result of a little wager we put on who could eat the most fucking deep-fried Oreos at the fucking Washington County Fair. So that's my fucking beef, dude. It's with Washington County and their fair and their deep-fried Oreos, and they fucking suck. Is that a take? Message deleted. Next message. Rome, Joseph from Houston. What are they doing to my team in Houston? Go screw up somebody else's life and stop making all my things like athletes leave our city. Go play somewhere else. It's garbage. Thanks, guys. Take it easy, man. Message saved. Next message. Tommy, Justin from Melbourne. Man, I love how you're partial to taking those calls from Pittsburgh. I may live in Melbourne now, but I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, PA. You know what they say, you can take the boy out of the bird, but you can never take the bird out of the boy. 412 for life. Message saved. You have no more messages.